Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Aloisa, and this month is very special because it is a Women's History Month. So throughout the course of March, we'll be bringing you a collection to encourage the study, observance, and celebration of the vital role women play in history and in the future. In addition, for this month, we have partnered with Girls on the Run, a nonprofit program that inspires confidence in young women and empowering them to be physically active while developing and strengthening important transferable life skills. Today's guest resembles a true leader that is committed to empowering female athletes to break glass ceilings in not only sports, but in their personal and professional lives as well. With a doctor of philosophy in sport management, she focused her studies on exploring the brand identity creation of female athletes and has been in reputable roles throughout her career as the national director of USA Fast Pitch and as now the executive director of the Alliance. Welcome, Ms. Jamie LaCreese. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course, Jamie. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. You've, you've dedicated your whole career to truly redefining the game. Can you share us a little bit more what got you to where you are today? Well, it's such a good question. I feel like I could go many directions with this, but honestly, the the foundation of who I am as a person really starts with, with my upbringing and, and where I come from because I was things that happened uh, at a young age, especially in my sports career, really transformed my life into where I'm sitting today, as I'm sure many people and athletes can attest. But I'm from a small town in Texas, Wharton, Texas, um, grew up in a, a very middle class family. Um, my parents, you know, the best thing they always did is, is support. And they they were open to whatever my crazy mind wanted to go do and try. They not only allowed me to do it, but they showed up and supported me. And so, you know, I grew up playing just recreationally. I was on all boys teams, um, which I think that shaped my career big time. And I got an opportunity to go play club soccer and nobody in my town knew what the heck that was. Um, But that moment at 11 years old and being exposed to just competitive female athletes that were playing the game, um, bigger opportunities that existed in the Houston area in actual pathways to college of playing sports. I would have had no idea that those opportunities existed had I not been recognized by a random person in my recreation soccer and then my parents saying yes as well and dedicating, you know, sacrificing a lot of their own money, their own time, their own friends to drive me and my sister to practice and to games. Um, so I think a lot of that of my childhood and, you know, being exposed to just a different level of play with, with female athletes really helped set the stage of the rest of my career. That's great. Definitely a lot to unpack here too, especially sounds like one of the main themes here is it's so incredibly important to have the support system around you to be able to accomplish the things that you were able to do. So with this, was there anything that you can call a top of mind that truly inspired you to focus on changing this narrative for how individuals view women's sports? You know, I think initially that moment I said of, of being exposed to other girls playing at a high level in the Houston area initially. Now, it might not have been a conscious thought of me as an 11-year-old, but I'll be honest, when I was like six, seven, eight, playing, I looked around and I just didn't think girls were that good at sports because none, nobody was playing it around me. I was surrounded by a bunch of boys. Um, so that probably initially opened my eyes, but 
if I think of later on in my career, um, a defining moment was my second year um, in the, I was playing professionally in the NPF. We were actually sitting in a gymnasium for our NPF banquet. And it was the year that uh, softball had been taken out of the Olympics. And a lot of the players on Team USA stepped away from USA and said, hey, we are going to make the commitment to professional softball. And we're going to give up um, being a part of the national team because we want to help grow something that could provide more opportunities for more players versus a national team, which is very important might only have 18 players, an actual league could provide opportunities for a lot more. And I'll never forget that day and that moment when those women stood up. And, and from then on, I felt like I had, you know, I had a responsibility to the sport and to young girls, you know, they had set the tone and I wanted to help carry that out in whatever way that, that I could help. That's great. So you kind of touched on a little bit of how the industry has just really evolved over the past few years. You know, when I think about current times, even in a miss and a pandemic, do you, have you have seen sort of this, this like more of like a seismic shift in the industry for young women who didn't necessarily have the same opportunity to play like usual because of the pandemic? You know, the, it's been shaped in so many different ways and, and I'm a part of softball on so many different levels. So just staying at the professional level, you know, in the Olympics, we are finally back in the Olympics in 2020. It's a huge moment for softball to continue to grow and get on that stage. Well, then the Olympics shuts down. And then there's this huge moment. Um, the players all went and played in Athletes Unlimited. And I think that really helped catapult this vision for you know, looking a little bit differently at what professional softball could do. And I think some girls got re-inspired you know, at that level. Um, but then at the grassroots level, it, it took shape in different ways. You know, Unfortunately, I think we we lost a lot of the opportunities for girls to enter the sport because that the entry level to, to the sport of softball, just like baseball is recreations. And when a lot of States didn't open and a lot of parks didn't open um, those kids lost that opportunity to play. And really the only opportunities were tournament ball and travel ball, which is great. But for a kid that's just starting out, you know, that can be intimidating um, and maybe they're not ready for it. So it's kind of all over the place of how, how things um, have changed. But I would say, you know, there's some good, there's some bad. Um, but then at the same time, you know, I helped build the Alliance Fast Pitch, which our whole goal was, was unity and bringing, bringing regions together, bringing people together. And so that really came out of the pandemic. So I'd like to think that one was a, a very positive thing for, for our sport. Yep, absolutely. You know, kind of want to take a couple steps back to you. you touched on the Alliance and, and for those that may not necessarily know who the Alliance is and what the mission is, can you kind of speak a little bit more? Yeah, the Alliance grew out of um, a group of passionate people that run organizations at the youth level that they actually were getting the preferential treatment in our sport. And they looked around and said, this doesn't feel good. This isn't right. Um, and there's a lot of inequities in our sport. So how can we change something? You know, I go back to that, that vision of wanting to uh, promote professional leagues. And we can't do that unless we actually all work together and put our resources together. And so the Alliance was really built out of this vision for unity, the vision to put our resources together, uh, to have a one-stop shop where kids can play, but also everybody can look to for the growth of the sport as well. And, and having this mindset and open arms and being inclusive um, and continue to grow. And at the root of it is the athlete, you know, at, at youth sports, I think we, we forgot 
that really the core of our business is, is the youth and is the athlete. And so getting back to that of athletes being at the forefront of all decision-making uh, was really important. So in, in short story, the Alliance is really like this national league for, for softball. Um, and right now it's at the youth level. The vision is to continue to grow that. And we've divided the state into six or the state divided the country into six regional leagues um, and created this infrastructure and, and pathways to, um, to bigger play. That's great. And I also love the fact too, that you really spoke on this, this concept of unity. I'm still fairly new to the industry myself. And, and when I started to really dissect what are the pain points and, and really just opportunities as a whole, there are to interact the worlds of softball, baseball, and really being able to start to bridge some of the gaps that our players are experiencing. Can you explain a little bit further about what were those barriers to, I guess, to entry in the sport that the, that the Alliance is trying to solve for? Yeah, I think one of the biggest barriers in our sport is cost and it's expensive to, to play our sport and it doesn't necessarily have to be either. Um, you know, even just having access, the, the a lot of things that were happening in our sport is you had to be part of a big club, a big organization. And that not to say that that's bad, but there's a lot of people who aren't. And so how can we provide some of the same access, the same resources, reduce the cost of families um, and it really is by acting as one and, and one big unit that I think can help families. And, it, you know, it goes back to, to putting the athlete and the family at the core as well. Um, but, you know, giving, I think the way to keep more girls in the sport is to have better coaching. Well, giving better coaching, better resources to more athletes is going to help us. So a lot of that has gone into um, this, the conversations around the Alliance and what we can do for the sport and hopefully provide families with, with more access uh, to the right resources. That's great. I, I love the fact that you're really touching on this. this. There's this concept that I've been running through my mind about how we can't rely on building the bench per se for our teams solely on the purpose or, or foundation of for those athletes that have the means to pay. And you're really touching on a lot of different barriers that a lot of these organizations are starting to see now more frequently now than ever, that it really does come down to giving our athletes more resources so that they have the ability to play. So completely, completely aligned. And I think my follow-up for you is kind of an age-old question almost, but it's very more generic as anything, but can you define what equal play opportunity looks like for you? Yeah. And, and you kind of hit on it too. E equal play opportunities. Maybe it does go back to, to my roots, right. In my childhood of just being from a small town and, and having opportunities to continue playing and exposing kids that, you know, there, there are greater things beyond just that small recreation league, if you want it. And even if you don't giving access to facilities, access to coaches for resources, um, learning, you know, access to sometimes just seeing it, right. That, that has grown, but it, it's still hard to be a women's sports fan. Uh, you really got to dig for it. And sometimes that's a big thing of just showing young girls that what strong women look like, you know, and, and putting them on TV. Um, and not everybody has that access to see it, you know, to go to a college game or to a good high school game, um, so putting that on TV, I think is really important, but yeah, sorry, I'm like jumping all over. Cause there's so many things, uh, at different levels that it could mean to me, but 
I think access is the root of it and, and access could mean so many things. Um, just giving them access, giving the, the girls fields, giving them quality fields, giving them sound leagues and infrastructure to go play organized sport is an important thing. Um, giving them access to coaches that actually, you know, have some knowledge because you could have a bad experience with your first coach and that might take you out of the sport and you might've missed out on the, you know, the opportunities on and off the field that, that you could have gotten. So it, it does boil down to, to access and making sure that, you know, we're giving our girls just as much access and thought that, that we are our boys. Absolutely. You know, hearing you speak and just learning more and more about your background and really what your overall vision is, we can see that you've definitely placed the values of unity, community, and inclusion at the forefront of everything you do. So one thing I, I definitely wanted to touch on as well is it almost seems like there's this fourth component and it kind of ties down to education. For a lot of people out there, they may not necessarily know they don't, they've never been educated on the pain points that this industry has faced, that women have faced. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think education is the root of it. And, you know, I can say that as somebody that just like kept going back to school and I love education, but education for me is, again, my background, my, my parents had no idea, right, what club sports were. And both my parents are educated people. They just didn't know those opportunities existed. As soon as they were exposed to that, they did everything they could for both their daughters to, you know, to, to go that travel route in realizing that you can play a sport in college. Um, but, and I'm not a parent right now, but, uh, I think just making it easier for parents to find information and the right information, you know, we live in the age that it's very easy to Google things or to go on YouTube. And sometimes the thing that pops up at the the top of the list is whoever's the best marketer, right? It doesn't necessarily mean they're the best coach. So an example, if I'm going, if I'm looking for hitting drills, well, if I Google hitting drills, it might just be whoever has the best marketing behind, you know, those hitting drills. And now they're teaching the kids the, the wrong things. And so, you know, a lot of that played into this passion and vision I've always had for creating um, a centralized hub of education that's vetted, it's verified, and it just makes it easier for people to, to find, or makes it easier for parents to find information to help their kids. Because you know parents, they just want to do what's best for their kid and help them. And we need to do a better job as, as industry leaders of making it easier on those parents uh, to find the right information. Absolutely. You, you're really speaking onto this, this like multifaceted approach on providing education to all members that are part of the sport from parents to the coaches, to uh, team organizers, all the way back down to the players. Cause ultimately if all of these critical pieces are starting to learn about how the industry is evolving, what are the things that we need to fix? What are the, what are the opportunities that we need to address overall? It'll enhance the game, correct? Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, education being at the root uh, of things, I think, again, going back and putting the kid first and the athlete first, um, and I understand business and, you know, there, sometimes we shy away from, we don't want to use view sports as a business. We think that's a bad thing. And really, if, if we make it a good business, it actually helps everybody. Um, and business doesn't necessarily just mean making money off of families. It means providing support systems, processes, um, and at the end of the day, that's just going to help everybody in the ecosystem 
uh, that need that we need in order for for kids to have opportunities uh, for kids to play sports at at all levels. Completely agree. We're kind of going towards like the the future state, or always are actually. And when we think about the future, we think of this this age-old coined term that everybody's suddenly utilized now and it's innovation. And everything that you're doing now really talks about being more innovative, making sure that we're using more strategic tactics in a way that's also meaningful and impactful for the kids and for the players and those that are involved to just overall elevate the youth sports industry. So can you speak to a little bit more of really what are those critical pieces of innovation that you're starting to think through to help redefine the industry as a whole for the future? Yeah, innovation is key, I think, in everything that we do, even if it's just ourselves and, and continuing to evolve. But I think technology is going to play a huge role in our game. And technology is beginning, I heard this phrase, it's becoming more portable and more affordable. And I think what that's going to do, too, is just um, open up opportunities. You know, going to, like, for instance, we were just talking about um, creating opportunities overseas for girls that getting them into American colleges, even if it's just a junior college, you know, giving them that same opportunity. Um, but now instead of having them fly over here and all the, but now perhaps all it takes is a camera that you put behind home plate and just one person needs to see that. So their technology is playing a huge role. Um, it was really interesting in this past year where no recruiting could happen. And so all college recruiting was done via technology. I think that too exposed us to, you know, what we can do with, iPhones and iPads. And um, I think it's going to continue to evolve in our game. Um, and not just at the elite level. I think, you know, even helping kids get better and in, in understanding data as well, where, you know, it's going to save families a lot of money down the road too, where you're, we're starting to project out pathways for kids. You know what? And maybe I'm not going to make it to Texas A&M and that's fine. Maybe my route is better to go to a division three where I can get a great academic scholarship, but knowing those pathways and, and creating some measurables and comparisons and things, I think that's really important uh, in sports. And I think technology in many, many levels um, is continuing to grow, whether it's um, just overall player development, um, technology of, you know, on streaming and different things like that, um, or even just making the player experience better. There's like virtual reality, and there's just so many different cool things that are out there um, for kids in our sport. Yeah, absolutely. Technology has has definitely evolved, especially over the past couple, uh, the past year alone with um, the pandemic. And I think a question that I have, kind of relating back to you when you first started, is it's funny, but if you could have the technology that we have today, how do you think it would have shifted how you grew up? It's funny because I, I have a lot of these partner conversations now with the Alliance and I'm like, man, if I would have had this, I would have been a much better hitter. Or if I would have had this, I would have, you know, I could have trained, but I also know myself and sometimes for me, less was more. So then I wonder, all right, you're pretty analytical, Jamie, like would that have just like flustered your head? And I was such the athlete that just went out and I'm a grinder and like the same way that I work is the same exact way that I played. And if I came off a field and I wasn't dirty, then I wasn't successful. So, but I still think then the overall training um, and just knowledge would have really helped me as an athlete. It would have, I could have learned how to train better, train smarter. Probably the biggest thing would be just recovery and appreciating, you know, 
my body and taking care of it a little bit better and better understanding how to train um, and how to just overall performance and be a better athlete. Yeah, you touch on a really, really strong subject there. It's something that's been more frequently spoken about is how not only is technology a really great gamification tool, it's really starting to connect people together in a way that they never thought was possible. But one thing too, when we lay it back to the sport or in the health and wellness industry as a whole, technology has given this, this opportunity to take more of a holistic approach, understand how one little change that we make in our bodies or how we're performing can make a huge impact everywhere else. Have you thought about what that, what that impact looks like or any opportunities that you see in that spectrum? Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's this whole new element and we're, we're seeing it all over in technology. In fact, you know, I use the whoop and it, it helps me be it. And I'm like a retired athlete of 10 years, but it's still in my uh, workouts. It helps me be a better athlete and understand recovery. I think we're seeing that transition more into the youth, which is a, which is a good thing to, you know, um, oh, is it o- overuse injuries became a, a big thing and a big problem. And now there's resources out there that can help kids, can help families. Um, So I think just better overall. Did I answer your question or did I just go off on a completely different tangent? (laughs) You definitely did. You're you're on the right path. (laughs) Because my head immediately went to, my head immediately went to um, recovery and training and just performance. And I think those, I think it's starting to, to seep into the youth which is, is fine. You know, I just had a a call today um, and it was more on like arm care and throwing foundations and putting more science into the training for nine to 12 year olds, um, which is pretty cool of what, what we can do and better understand for kids now um, and just help them become to learn as, as they're developing. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that that we're starting to hear, or is not starting to hear, but have been hearing for quite some time about the youth sports industry is that there are some noticeable drop-off rates for the kids. And we have to think and wonder, well, do we do we think that technology can bridge that gap? If we can start to provide additional resources, data, science, just information to these kids that they can actually play longer, that they'll stay in the game for a longer duration. And it comes down to just helping them understand that all these different critical pieces come into play because we want them to become more well-rounded athletes and it'll enhance every other aspect of their lives and, and really on the field as well. Yeah. And you know, it's another piece of that too, that I think is really cool. And it gets at the root of, you know, at the end of, we want these kids to have fun in their experience and that too is will keep them in the game. And some of these technology companies are figuring out ways. And I think the pandemic, sparked that or expedited it, but gamifying certain, certain things, you know, our sport honestly could be a little boring and a little slow, but making a game out of it, I think is fun. Um, so there, there really is this gaming element that's come into the training. Um, and then the connectivity part, you know, like I I still don't get TikTok, but the girls do and they love it. And I've watched a lot of that too. And there's like, there was a, a bracket and a tournament of teams going on during the, the pandemic of teams competing who could do the best TikTok video. And it's just another fun, engaging way to, that's what girls love, right? Like we love relationships. We'd love that connectivity. Um, a, a lot of us love to still compete too. So there's some cool, innovative ways that are going on off the field too. I think that's, that's good for the athlete. 
Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. I mean, I grew up playing women's lacrosse, so definitely on the same wavelength here. Uh, Well, this has been amazing, Jamie. So final question for you. We are actually in a great moment right now. It's National Women's History Month. And you of all people really understand what it's like and the importance of what it is to continue and inspiring these young girls, letting them know that there's so much that they can do. They have, they had these opportunities to break all of the glass ceilings if they wanted to. So if you could give an advice to a young woman right now that is desiring to be a change maker or has a potential to really be a change maker, what would you share with them? I think the first thing is because it's Women's History Month, I think being a bit of a historian, you know, and and learning about the the women that have helped pave the way when we used to not even have opportunities to play organized sports. Um, So I think there's so many different stories out there. So I think being a historian, appreciating what has laid the foundation for girls is really important. Um, You know, I'm somebody and I'm learning to say the word no. But I think early on, it's important to, to say yes to opportunities to get out of your comfort zone um, and experience different things. I mean, I had I not done that at 11, who knows where, you know, I might, uh, no knock to my hometown, but I might still be in my hometown. But um, not only did I say yes, but my parents said yes to an opportunity and, and doing something a little bit different. Um, and at the end, I always preach mindset too and having a growth mindset. And, and I think that too, Hope it helps open your eyes to different opportunities um, and being open-minded to things um, and just continuing to, to grow and evolve. I love that. Thank you so much, Jamie. If anybody was interested in learning more about the Alliance, where's the best way that we can take them? Uh, we do have a website, thealliancefastpitch.com. Um, we are on social as well. We're, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and in our YouTube channel too, which sometimes will help tell the story a little bit more through, through the videos, but definitely excited about what hopefully we can continue to do for, for the athlete, for the families, um, and then overall for our sport. As mentioned, make sure to check out the Alliance to learn more about how they are revitalizing the industry. Looking to hear more about what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports space? Subscribe to this podcast, and we'll catch you next time on The Drift.